Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Today we're going to go through our trade targets and captains, all solo, as those who are in the live show would know. We had some technical difficulties, but we're going to go through it anyway and answer all your questions. Let's go. Do you guys have me now? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. You can uh, find me on Ball Boys Fantasy. Hopefully, the audio is working. I think that audio uh, is... um, It should be good now. Can someone just confirm in the comments? Can't hear me? No. What the hell is going on? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you. All right, we have audio. (laughs) Guys, uh, I really appreciate you guys staying patient through all of this stuff. Uh, Apologies again. Uh, Look, Bale's had some hot takes, I'm telling you. He had some really good stuff, so we're going to have to get him on uh, a different time. I'd rather just get this one out. It probably would take me over an hour to figure out what the hell was going on because, uh, look, I'll, I can't claim that I'm the biggest tech wizard in the world, but uh, we'll we'll get Bales back onto the show. If you haven't already, go over and subscribe to his channel. He is uh, he just recently hit the 1,000 subscribers, so uh, well done to him. Congrats. He does put out some really good content. Uh, probably doesn't stuff up the audio and technology like I do, but uh, make sure you go and check him out. And uh, thank you, Bales, for at least being available to jump on the show. But, all right, let's go on to the uh, the show now. So, I guess we're going to go through things solo today. So, I'll, I'll spend a lot of time, uh, maybe a bit of extra time answering your questions at the end today. But, going to go through the Thursday teams and all the reactions. Um, so, off the top, we had a few things happening over at North. Blake Drury was de- has been named to debut for North Melbourne. He is a 200k mid-forward. Um, and LDU and Zebel are both named for the team as well, who were question marks and tests going into the side. Um, so LDU, if you did hold him, was eventually the uh, one week out, but we will see how he comes back into this side. So those are good things for owners who held, and for the Zebel owners... Um, you know, cross your fingers. I think it should be all okay. It was a plantar fasciitis injury in the end. We thought it was a soft tissue sort of calf or hamstring, but it ended up just being a plantar fasciitis that I think the wording was that it uh, had an acute flare-up, which is an interesting way to describe a, a plantar fascia injury. But he is um, looks like he's good to go. I think the sensible thing to do there would be make sure you've got him on your side and um, make sure he's in a line where you've got an emergency just covering him off because he is an old man um, at this stage of his career. So 
that is always a bit of a risk for a player like Zebul. But if you've got like the Sheezel, uh, Zebul, DPP, or someone like a JJ or something like that, you can swing them over and uh, make sure you guys have an emergency just in case because they are the last game of the round. So those are some of the... Um, yeah, maybe let Bales host me. That, that might be an idea in the future, but a little bit short time to uh, to pull that one together. Um, the next uh, sort of notable thing on this one here is Alwyn Davey, named back for Essendon. He was actually in my trade plans um, before this news, but with him being named, I think I'm going to try and hold on to him. He does have a break even in the 40s, I think, which you know he's popped a few scores below that. But I think at this stage, any green dot on your bench is a good thing to have. So it's good to have him back in the side, and hopefully he can pull together some uh, some 70s like our like our boy from Hawthorne, who done, who has done in a similar kind of role, uh, Fergie Green. So. That's good. Uh, Campbell Chester has been named an emergency and is apparently flying over with the team uh, to play this weekend. So fingers crossed. I mean, I don't know if we want him as the sub or not. I probably don't want him as the sub and hopefully he just plays a full game next week so his uh, break even isn't tanked. But what this does mean is that I don't want to be relying on him for a loop option just in case he is. The coach sort of said that he... Um, is not ready for a full game yet, which kind of hints a little bit at potentially being used as a sub. So uh, whilst it's good to see him not a red dot, now a purple dot, I think that if you are relying on him being a loop option for some of the players playing tonight, like a Chincotta, a Wilmot, or a, um, a Hollands, I wouldn't necessarily be banking on that one. Have a fallback option, whether that is a, a Matty Roberts or a Will Phillips or something like that for North to use that as a loop option. Otherwise, just back those boys in tonight and get them in. Um, the other one that I thought was very interesting was Sam Flanders is named as um, in for the Gold Coast Suns. And what this does to the Fiorini role. We're going to talk about Fiorini later and my thoughts on him. Um, I've also got a list here that Bales did prepare as his up grade targets, and spoiler alert, uh, Fiorini does make that list, so um, we'll talk about how that happens, but I'm just wondering if Sam Flanders, who's been playing inside mid in the Magoos, um, if he comes in and completely eliminates Fiorini from those centre bounces, he got a little bit in last game, the two games prior he was sort of like 40-50%, so there is that hope that he could still get back in there, but with the Sam Flanders addition, does that snuff that out completely. And the other little sneaky one here that I, and we'll go into some players that I'm really keen on this week, Robbie Fox, named for Sydney, and also I think one of their wingers, I can't remember exactly who was omitted, although Justin uh, McInerney also made it into the lineup as well for the Sydney Swans. So what does this mean for someone like a Callum Mills? Now, last week, Tom McCartan came back into the team. We saw him play more midfield time. Does another player like a Robbie Fox, another defender coming back into this team, help his role moving forward? I potentially think so. So I think that that is a sneaky little addition that we can uh, monitor. Of course, Rampy was the guy that we were all looking at. He looks like he's not going to be back until the buys, but... With the Swans losing four out of the last five games, I think that Horse is going to be looking to switch things up, and hopefully that does mean Callum Mills going into the midfield. 
So those are all sort of the breakaway and, and takeaway things for the Thursday night teams. We will check in 10 minutes what happens with the Sunday squads and any um, thing going on there. A uh, bit of an eye on Aaron Hall and seeing if he makes the team and what that means for a Zebel and a Harry Sheasel. But let's go on to downgrade targets. So bit bit bare bones at the moment, which is, uh, again, I guess maybe a cause a lot of the uncertainty with coaches and their trade movements this week. I would say that number one trade down, uh, downgrade target this week is Alex Chincotta. I think if you don't have him, even though he's over 300k now, he looks like I must have as a guy who can play on your field. His negative 20 break even is meaning he's going to shoot up cash. I think he's still probably got at least 200,000 to make. So he is an easy number one downgrade target for me. Number two, and this is probably where I'm going to be going this week, depending on how some of those early games go, um, is now Ryan Angwin for GWS. So he is playing on the wing for the Giants. There doesn't seem to be too many guys threatening his position. Potentially uh, someone like, uh, he escapes my mind, um, the defender on fantasy for the Giants, um, who we were all very keen on. I'm just going to look him up right now because my memory is escaping me and I'm drawing a blank. Uh, oh, Josh Fay is the guy that I was thinking of. He is potentially maybe being repositioned as a winger, I think is the quote that I saw, because he is stuck behind some of those Whitfield, Isaac Cumming types as a half backman, and they, he is playing good footy and they want to get him into the side. So that would be the only risk, I think, for a Ryan Angwin's job security. But at the moment, I think he's getting the job done. He's got a, a break-even of three, so he's going to be making a decent amount of money this week. And I think the way I see it, you you want to give those new rookies like uh, Drury a week, um, you know, because if he if he scores, you know, sixty and Angwin scores fifty, Angwin is still going to go up more in cash this week because his break-even is lower, and also. You know, you've at least got that little bit of money on his head that if he is dropped the next week, you could still make at least some cash. Um, and he's not a completely dead weight rookie. So he is my number two, although I'm not super confident, but I think he is the best of a bad bunch. Number three is Blake Drury. And if it is the difference, that 50K between Drury and Angwin of you making your upgrades, then I say go for it. Get in a Blake Drury. He was a guy that we had in our sights in the preseason. I think he was playing a halfback role in the preseason, whereas he's playing maybe a more small small forward role since playing in um, like the VFL. So I'm not sure if his scoring is going to be all that great, but being on like a North Melbourne side, you would assume that his job security is at least pretty decent. They're going to give him a decent amount of run. Uh, Number four is a little bit of a a sneaky one that I guess we haven't been speaking about because he's not been scoring well, but Arthur Jones has been holding down his spot pretty well. Now, he is obviously not a very exciting scorer, but he is at least getting games. So um, playing for the Western Bulldogs, he's played... How many games has he played now? One, two, three, four. He's played five games in a row. Um, The first game he's played under 70% uh, time on ground. Since then, he's been playing mid to high 70s. Look, there's a lot of 30s in there, but... He's only kicked one goal in his five games, so it just takes that one game where he kicks three or four. I know it's unlikely, but again, we're picking through a bad bunch here. And then at number five, I've got the rat, Rory Atkins. Now, I think that this could pay off, but to me, it needs to be a downgrade. I have to be going down from someone who's already got a bunch of money on their head, so maybe it's a Ruben Jinby down to a Rory Atkins, and if that money allows me to get another rookie off, 
the ground and up to a, a premium, then fine, I, I tick it off. But I, the way I see it, I don't think that that's likely for a lot of coaches out there. The fact that they absolutely pantsed the um, the Richmond Tigers last week, it was a mark fest. We were, tur- like the Richmond, I mean, were turning it over like crazy, basically kicking it back to the Gold Coast every time we went up the field. I think it was the perfect conditions for Roy Atkins, so... I don't think he's going to turn up. That's probably going to be his biggest score of the year. He's also just 390-odd K. It's it's just... He would have to go at a 70 average to go up the same amount of price as a an Angwin if Angwin averaged 50. So Angwin averaging 50 over the next five games will make about 150,000. Um, even with that low break, even on a rat, he would have to go 70 to make the same amount of money. So it, more often than not, those, those cheaper guys, if the... If the target is to make cash, then that's where you should go. If you think he's going to score better than some of the guys that you already have on the field, then I see the the scenario. But for most of us, like I don't think he's going to score better than a Hollands. I don't necessarily think he's going to score better than a Luke Pedler. Um, maybe a Ruben Jinby, but like I'd be trying to get Ruben Jinby up. So for the most part, I'm a no on Rory Atkins. He is the most popular trade-in target. This so far this year, uh, so far this week, I should say, and um, that we haven't even got to his job security yet. So for me, it's just a very awkward price. I don't really know what it is you're wanting from him moving forward. It's it's just not the kind of play that I would personally go for. And then the last two we'll touch on is Josh Weddle and Will Kelly. Josh Weddle is, again, a little bit more expensive, and I think he'll score similar to a Drury and an Angwin, so I would just go for the cheaper guy. And Will Kelly, I think, in a Collingwood side, that's pretty good. Um, his job security is just a bit too shaky, even though he is cheap. But if he comes out and puts up a big score, we might be able to look at him next week. So those are the downgrades, guys. So uh, let me know down in the comments who uh, who you, are you guys going for. Um What's uh what's Truly Bale's got here? He's got Chincotta, Angle, and Arthur Jones. Oh, and he's got Dylan Williams, Josh Well. Dylan Williams is an interesting one. Uh, actually, uh, when, what's his price at at the moment? Has he gone? Oh, he's, so he's now crossed over 300k. It was a shame that he um, was named the sub. I think the previous weekend, and uh, he was going all right with his job security until then. And then obviously we all miss him. He's now over 300k. So I think it's a little expensive for my taste, but. Uh, obviously, he's putting to get, he's put together four games. Um, so let me know what your downgrade targets are, there, guys. All right, let's move on to upgrade targets now. Uh, in in spirit of of Bales and what he was going to contribute to the show, at least segment wise, uh, I'm going to go through his top three targets in each position, and then at the end, I'm going to give my take on some of my favorite targets because, like we sort of said at the top of this show, I think this week is a very interesting week where there's been a lot of um, uh, not Agreeance. I guess a lot of podcasts have been going in dif- different directions with players that they like. There's not a consensus. Yep, this is the guy. Like Will Day was the value option last week. You know, Tom Stewart has been a guy that we've all been saying, let's get on him uh, for weeks now. Um, back at the start of the year, there was the Will Setterfields, there was the Tom Greens that, you know, you just went on and, and, and jumped straight on. This week, there's, there's a lot of different options, and I think that makes it a very exciting week for fantasy footy. It also could be a make-or-break week for a lot of uh, players out there. So um, at the end of the day, I reckon I'll give you my thoughts and Bales' thoughts, but go with your gut this week, and I think hopefully you'll be rewarded. So um, in the defenders, 
Again, Bale's list here. He's got Will Day at number one, Jack Sinclair, which I do like as a target as well, at number two, and then Tom Stewart at number three. Tom Stewart is still a really good target because of his buy around. I still think he's underpriced, but he could be coming up against a Ryan uh, Clark tag this week. Oh, sorry, not a Ryan Clark tag. A um, Who are they playing? Adelaide. Uh, an Adelaide tag this week, which could definitely limit his scoring. However, I think... He will still be good in the long run. Um, so I think those are all very good targets. Jack Sinclair, I think, for me, is the most interesting player of that group. Super unique. He's been going pretty solid without being outstanding so far. And he is priced at, as I just look at my little chart here, priced at 98. And obviously last year he went over the ton um, and has a, a great matchup this week against North Melbourne. Has a decent run coming up as well with Adelaide, GWS, and Hawthorne leading into his round 12 bye. So I think he's a nice spicy one there if you want a nice unique who can challenge those sort of top three to four defenders. In the mids, Bales has Jack Steele, which he gave me a little hint, guys, that that was going to be his trade-in target this week. I'm going to be trading him in in Supercoach, but not in AFL Fantasy. His number two target in the mid is the pasta. Braden Fiorini, um, and number three is Noah Anderson, and he did just sneak in uh, a little sneaky Rory Laird there. I don't know if that's just, I said three bales, but you snuck in Rory Laird anyway, (laughs) just giving love to the man. But let's talk Jack Steele. Now, I love Jack Steele. I started with him in my AFL fantasy side. I thought that he could potentially be the number one scorer in fantasy. I do now think that that is Clayton Oliver or a Tim English. In fact, I do think it's probably Tim English. But Jack Steele... He's he's a great player coming up against North Melbourne, but I wouldn't consider Steele to be value per se. He's priced at 109. I think he can maybe do he can do 110 easy. Could he do 115? Could he do 120? It's possible, but I I would want to see that a little bit more in the next few weeks for myself personally to go up to him. He is still well over 900,000. He is priced 937,000. So for me personally, I'm actually going to, and again, it's it's sort of, you know, whatever you go with your gut on this one. But for me personally, I am steering clear of those guys who are well in the 900,000s because I think it will cost you on next week's trades. So for me, um, I think that you should be shopping a little bit cheaper than a Jack Steele, who is a genuine captain option this week, and we'll get to the big boys soon. Um, But that's where I stand on Jack Steele. Braden Fiorini, in my opinion, I flip a coin for this one. Uh, I know that Luke is going there. Um, He's trying to do a little double upgrade this week, so he's going to be going the pasta. I think that Tempier expectations, he's playing that wing role, which for me, if you just look at, like we said on the previous show, if you look at a player like Chase Jones, he's gone 108, he's gone 37, then he's gone, uh, I think it was like a 90 or something like that. So up and down scores based on a role like that. Um, You've even seen his last couple of weeks. He had two weeks before where he was scoring 70s, then he's gone the big 100. So I would expect he's about an 80 to 85 averaging player moving forward, which is still decent enough value. And in in a game where... Cash gen is tough. I think 
if you can't get to an underpriced premium because you are strapped for cash and you wanted to fix up a couple of red dots, I can see the logic in that trade. So for me, I think it's okay. I'm not personally doing it because I have saved a bit of money and I can go up to those big guys. So that's what I would recommend. If you can do those bigger upgrades, then I would still probably go there. I don't see Fiorini as the... um, the Darcy Cameron or the, uh, you know, that, that mid-pricer that's going to absolutely win you this season. I don't view him that way. I view him as a solid uh, guy that's going to make you a, man of, a, a decent amount of money. He's going to be good enough to be on your field over a rookie. But I don't think that in a few weeks we're all going to be saying, oh, geez, I'm so glad we got on Figurini. He's, he's soaring me up the rankings. So that's my personal thoughts. But because of his pedigree as a scorer, if he was... If he was getting the inside role and he was in the center bounces, he was playing inside mid, then yes, I would be on that and I would say that. But I am hesitant because of the fact that we saw him on the wing and also the complications of someone like a Sam Flanders coming to that side. I don't know if I see that changing. So that's where I stand on the pasta. And then Noah Anderson, similar story to Jack Steele. Now, Noah Anderson's break-even is a little bit lower. So if I have a look at his um, break-even, it is sitting at 82. So he's going to get away from you faster and be unreachable pretty soon. Um, so if you want him, and if you think he's going to be a top eight mid, then this is probably the last week to get on him, maybe potentially before his buy, uh, which is that round 13 buy. But I still think that based on what he's going to produce, I think that there's better options and more value uh, elsewhere. So again, a lot of different opinions in this one, particularly in the midfield. I think that's a good thing in AFL fantasy. We're going to see a lot of diversified trades, uh, but uh, that is those are Bale's thoughts there, and uh, Rory Laird. Although apparently there's uh, some still some questions about his availability. I'm I'm still a little bit nervous about Rory Laird myself. Forwards Bale's has got Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, and D Mac Darcy McPherson. I love all those options. Zach Butters I still think is a good option. I'm maybe a little bit more down on him than what I was a couple of weeks ago. I would have liked to see him go big against like a a Saints or a West Coast where I thought he would, but I still think he's going to be. Um, you know, above that 90 average, which should be close enough to that top 10, top six forwards, and he is cheap. So those are Bales' options. I'm going to go through my overall uh, top targets. And for me, he was on the, uh, the screen, the thumbnail of this video. And this is where I'm going to be doing my trades. Um, again, it's sort of just like a, a personal hunch, I guess. But I'm going Andrew Brayshaw as my number one target. Maybe it's my love for him because he started the season so well for me last year. He was a guy I started with. Um, but he is actually priced cheaper now than he was at the beginning of last year. So if you thought last year that Andrew Brayshaw was a good pick to start with, then he's cheaper now than what he was then as a price at figure. So he is priced at 103. He started last season priced at 104. He also has a soft matchup this week up against the Hawks in um, Perth, so has the home field. He's also been hampered by this uh, knee pain or knee injury. I don't know exactly what it was, but he uh, was asked earlier to say, um, how's it going? And he said that he was pain-free in round seven. To the eye, he looks like he was moving very smoothly, kicked a couple goals. So to the eye, that also checks out. So for me, he's a guy that has a 180 ceiling. He's the kind of player that I want as a point of difference that as a risky move, potential to be 110 plus, I think that I'm going to be going there myself personally. Um, so Andrew Brayshaw is my number one target. He is under eight, uh, under 900K. 
So he is someone that even if I, and I can do this, I can afford a steal, I can afford a Clayton Oliver even, but I'm going to be settling on an Andrew Brayshaw, keeping a little bit of cash in the bank so that next week I can get my number two target, who is, and this is, again, we will allude to this later, my number two target is Callum. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mills. Um, I am of the belief that this is the turning point for Callum Mills. And as I alluded to earlier, the inclusions of some of those defenders... Last week and this week in Fox, I think that we're going to see Callum Mills, the midfielder, from here on out. Like we said, Sydney have lost four out of the last five games. They've only won the one game against Richmond. Um, You know, go figure. (laughs) But he is a guy that could be the number one scoring fantasy player from here to the, the end of the season. That is definitely a possibility. He's got monster upside. He also, in last season played in the second half of the year a role where he was about that 49%. He, he averaged 49% CBAs in the second half after the buyers last season and averaged 108 during that time. So that's not that's not your 70%, 80% midfield role. He still averaged nearly 110 in a 50% midfield role. And last week, 47% CBA. So he's moved back to that half-time wing, half-time midfield role. He wasn't playing defense last week. He was playing on the wing and inside mid. And in that role last year, he averaged 108. He's priced very, very cheaply, nearly under 800K. He's priced at... He's priced at 90 or just below 94. The thing that makes me go a Brayshaw over him this week is because he's coming up against Collingwood. The probably one of the hardest teams to score against four midfielders, although I think it is a kind of a game style that might suit a player like Mills. And he is also, he has a high break even. So he's not going to get away from you and he still will be cheap next week. So, but if you jump on now and he does go big, which we know he can, he, go, he can go 150, 160s, then everyone else is going to absolutely flock to a player like this. And I think that in scenarios like this, you can then hunt the next guy the next week while everyone else is trying to get on Callum Mills. It mitigates the risk. It is risky jumping early, but the rewards, I think, in this um, in this kind of scenario outweigh the risks. Um, a couple other guys we've already touched on. Number three for me is Zach Butters. Um, Bales had him in his list. Fiorini comes at number four for those who can't quite get up to the big dogs. And then at number five, I have Jai Simpkin, who... Is cheap, but he's kind of in that sort of awkward zone of um, things going on there. So let's have a look. It's 5.08. Let's have a look at the the teams, the Sunday night squads for the teams there and see what we've got going on. So what's happened there? So Alwyn David Jr. is confirmed back in there on the other side of things. What else have we got? Doesn't seem to be too much else going on there. Mason Cox is back in. 
bloody Mason Cox and the goggles. Scott Pendlebury is back in. Um, let me know in the comments if I've missed anything else for those Sunday teams. But from what I'm looking at right now, it looks pretty stock standard without any huge... Oh, Lachlan McAndrew is making his debut uh, for the Swans. So someone, if you have him on your bench... Um, look, I don't think I'd be trading him in. But it's a good news for those that have him on on their bench. I don't know how long he's going to be sticking around in that team for. But that is interesting. Um, but otherwise, outside of that, oh, what's, who's Harvey Harrison? It looks like he's debuting. Let's have a look at Harvey Harrison. So Harvey, have not heard that name before. Um, 200K forward. Um, McAndrew isn't playing. Well, why does it say that he's playing in my thing here? Have we had? Oh, what, why is my theme saying it's okay? Thank you guys for being on top of uh, on top of there for me. But my thing is saying that he is. I'll just double check that that is right. Yeah, what the hell? My thing still has the uh, extended benches, even though it is five o'clock. Maybe we uh, maybe we'll circle back to that one later. Um, okay, I'm not sure why my app is is slow on that, but we'll circle back to that one later. But let's get into this segment, who I know Bale said he was very uh, keen to hear before, and it is... The Ball Boys, Big Boys. Um, Pretty easy week, I think, actually, for a lot of teams. A lot of teams have some of the guys at the top here. So um, I don't know if it's going to be the week to go a unique captain, but number one for me is Timmy T, Timmy Time, Tim Taranto. Um, So he is playing against the West Coast Eagles. We know what happens against the West Coast Eagles. The Blues absolutely tore them to shreds um, last week. And look, I know Richmond, I know Carlton at the moment, but I still think that a player like Tim Taranto, who despite the rest of Richmond being absolutely trash, he is still getting fantasy scores. So he is my number one target and big boy this week. And you can use a VC on him, which is going to be my plan. Number two on the ball boys, big boys, is Tim English up against GWS. And when Peter Adams goes 130 against GWS, I'll use the same logic that I used for Rowan Marshall last week when, um, you know, someone like a Bailey Williams can, can turn up against Port. If uh, Adams can go 130 against GWS, I think Tim English could potentially be a monster. So he is my number two. I've got Clayton Oliver against the Gold Coast Suns at number three. Just... Below Tim English because I think, um, you know, just the, the Gold Coast Suns are playing a little bit of that possession game, so they might be chipping it around a little bit more and maybe starving Melbourne a little bit more of the footy because they are clearly the underdogs in this matchup, but he still should be good. And Bales, if you're in the, if you're in the show here, this is where I have your boy Jack Steele at number four versus North Melbourne. He should be really good. He looked back to his best last week, scoring that 120 plus score and uh, against the North Melbourne. Um, I think he should be good at Marvel at, uh, at number four for me. So here's the last game of the round. So. If you don't have a Tim English or a Clayton Oliver, most of us have Tim Taranto, then you might be going Tim Taranto VC into a uh, Jack Steele C on the last game on Sunday. And here is a, a bit of a hot one, and it's the f- I think it might be the first time that this guy has made an appearance, but at number five, I actually have Harry Sheasel um, for the North Melbourne going up against the Saints. 
Um, yes. Okay. So this is what I wanted to see. Aaron Hall. Thank you, Paul. Um, Paul Lewis has pointed out that Aaron Hall is out. So if Aaron Hall is out, um, if Jack Zebel is still, you know, he's got that plantar fasciitis, Harry Sheasel could go massive here. He, um, look, if anyone's ballsy enough to do it, he ranks number five for me. So for me, I've got guys that rank ahead of him. But Harry Sheasel could be anything against the Saints, who are by far and away the easiest matchup for defenders. And if you compare just any position, they are both, that like the defenders versus St. Kilda is the best matchup out of any position, any uh, team across the AFL. So it is an absolutely juicy, mouthwatering matchup. And for a guy who, when he does play defense, is putting up 110s and 120s for fun, despite him being a rookie, I think that he could be, it could be huge. And if you want to do something fun and ballsy, I would tick off putting Harry Sheasel as your captain in the last game on a Sunday uh, under the roof. So... Uh, that one's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, number six is where I've got my trading target here at Andrew Brayshaw up against Hawthorne. Last year up against Hawthorne, he scored 140. And then the game before that, I think from memory, he went 110 plus. So he has good history up against them at, Opt- uh, yeah, at Optus Stadium. At home, looks to be 100%. So here's a number six. Number seven is Christian Petrarca, who is just quietly averaging 110 points for the year. So he's up against Gold Coast, could feast against them. And these last few guys I'm not as confident in, but Marcus Bontempelli at eight against GWS. Sam Walsh against Brisbane tonight. So I wouldn't be using a VC on him because more than likely you'll have another option. And uh, Caleb Sarong versus Hawthorne rounds it out at number 10. I don't have Nick Dacos in here because he's got the threat of the Ryan Clark tag and Sydney are just a tough matchup in general. And I'm just always nervous about captaining a Nick Dacos. Um, and then uh, players like Noah Anderson, Rowan Marshall, I don't have super high. In fact, um, North Melbourne is the hardest team for Rucks to go against so far this year. Bit of a weird stat that I didn't think, uh, well, I was surprised to see. And then Josh Kelly and Tom Green just kind of missed out. I think the Bulldogs start of the year is like an easy matchup for midfielders, but they have definitely gone back to their Bulldogs ways as of late uh, and restrict the ball from opponents. So... Um, that is the uh, there's the big ball ball boys big boys. Let me know uh, what you guys are doing for your captains this week in the comments section below. But we'll get into some questions just shortly. So if you have a question, drop them in the uh, the YouTube chat um, there, and we'll get to to them. And uh, before I do that, just before that, I'm going to go and do the next one here. Ole, 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 ole. Hot takes. I've got to stop and have a beer. I'm doing all this talking. This is why it's nice to have someone to talk to. But hot takes this week, it kind of coincides with a few of my trade targets. But my hot take this week is that Callum Mills is back in the midfield and he dominates against the Pies, leading to a Sydney victory at the MCG. And he goes 120 plus. So that is my hot take for the week. Callum Mills, I've convinced, I'm pretty sure, unless he's chickened out, but I've convinced Luke to trade in Callum Mills. He couldn't quite afford the Brayshaw. Um, so I've convinced him to go Callum Mills and Fiorini. So he's going real spicy this week. Uh, so he's got a, some hot trades this week to make up for him not being here to do his hot take. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what that turns out uh, next week when we go through the podcast. He could look like a genius or he could have egg on his face. So uh, stay tuned for that one. But let's, um, let's have a look at some of these questions here. So 
Um, let's have a look. Short or Sinclair for Ryan? I would be going Sinclair at this stage. I know Short is someone that people are keen on, but I don't know. I just think that at the moment, Richmond, and maybe I'm a little bit biased the other way for Richmond, but Richmond, uh, they're... They're a shit show right now. Let's put it, let's say it how it is. They're an absolute shit show. They're a rabble of a team and they need to make changes. They need to do something different. I think we looked better with um, Baker playing behind the ball. I always thought that Short could be a good player on the wing. So when you're in a team like that where there's just potential for changes to be happening, I'm going to favor the guy Sinclair who was um, the second highest um average defender last season. He's still playing uh, very well. He's getting CBAs. He's taking kick-ins. Um, I think that I would go that way over a Jaden Short. What other questions? Mitchell Reed, Rat is a must this week. No, no, I do not think he is a must. I think that definitely don't be pulling your team apart to get the, the Rat in. I would be just doing... The, look, it could work in your situation. I'm not saying it's going to be a terrible pick by any stretch, but I do not think that he is a must. Um, I think... I'm not going to be going there, um, and I don't think Luke is either. So you, if you have something else that you'd rather do, I would I would back that in. Let's see what Truly Bales HD, Bales' spicy takes are. He's got two. Number one, Fiorini and Atkins both go 90+. plus. Okay, that's interesting. And... Um, uh, Number two is that the tag is back in vogue this week. Potential tags, Kerno on Neil. I could definitely see that happening. Keys on Stewart, yes. Clark on Dacos. That's an interesting one. Perriman on Bont. Nash. Nash on Brayshaw. Oh, no, I don't want to see that one, uh, Bales. I think, I think, I don't know, Nash has been doing a good job without tagging, so... I mean, maybe that's just wishful thinking. And Drew on merit. Um, very interesting takes there, Bales. If the if the tag is back, that will upset a lot of us fantasy coaches uh, this week. So the, I, I do remember you saying that one was a hopeful take and one was a hope that you're wrong take. So hopefully your hot take is wrong <laughs> there. So um, Clay Smith asked, Jinby to Pasta and Stocker to Mills. I love it, mate. I think it's a great trade. I think it's very similar to what Luke is doing this week. Um, yeah, with the stocker move, I think he's someone that could clearly go. I think he's gone back-to-back sub-70 scores. So he's pretty much in that realm of uh, those rookies that are not doing us any good. Yeah, so three weeks in a row, actually, with 65 or fewer. So I think that is an awesome trade. Look, Mills... Mills is someone that he could easily... He's priced at 94 or 93. He could put 20 points on that. So he might have just as much upside as someone like a pastor. But then you can put a C on that. And he is someone that you can just leave for the rest of the season. I think he is equally as risky as a Fiorini. But I think the payoff is better. So I'm a big Mills guy this week. Um, Warple or Perryman? Warple's role break even at 50 last quarter. Ah, look... Look, I, I've been joking around that I've been I've been a big believer of the Warpool, uh, the Warpedo this whole season. Uh, obviously, I have not. If you if you just were maybe if you maybe missed the episode where I was chopping him left, right, and center. But I am just as a Warpool owner right now, just enjoying this ride while it lasts. I do not expect it to last much longer, so I would not be jumping on a Warpool. I would be going a Perriman over him. Although Perriman, I'm not too keen on either. I think that he is. Look, his CBAs took a dive when Green came back. Look, he is cheap. He's probably going to outperform what he does. Um, 
I think personally I'd be trying to get up a little bit higher, maybe to that Jai Simkin range, or I'd probably even prefer just to go to a Fiorini who I know is going to make cash at that point. So let's move on to some other ones here. Um, do you do you blokes play footy in Brisbane? Well, I don't play footy in Brisbane, but other people do play footy in Brisbane, uh, believe it or not. Um, it's not as popular, obviously, as other states, but we do. We do play footy. Actually, in fact, I do lie. I've played footy in under-13s. I was the Ruckman back in the day, got uh, player of the finals. One and done season, that was it, and then I, I focused back on basketball. So <laughs> that's the extent of my footy career. Luke has had a much more illustrious uh, footy career that maybe we can ask him about in the next podcast. But yes, we do we do play footy up here. All right, um, let's have a look. What's what's Bales' trade? So his trades this week, 425k in the bank from last week. So he's going Philip to Fiorini, and McGrath to Steels. Ooh, must be nice, Bales. Must be nice. On the back of that, so these are my trades this week. I am doing, and I've got a bit of a plan. So my plan, like Bales, I backed, I banked a lot of cash last week, so I have 377 in the bank. So I'm going a Lockie Cowan, who is basically a red dot, down to a Ryan Angwin. And then I'm going Ruben Jinby up to Andrew Brayshaw. The plan here is that I've calculated that next week, if my calculations are correct... Hollands and um, a Luke Pedler, the cyclists, should make enough money for them to go down to a Blake Drury next week and one of them to go up to a Callum Mills. Now, the asterisk here is that if either Hollands or Pedler stink it up and they play early in the week, then I can edit the trade and instead of getting in Angwin, I can go down to a Drury and just make sure that I've got enough cash to allow me to do that upgrade next week because I do believe that um, Callum Mills is turning a corner and he's going to be very cheap. So I want to have enough money to get that in. So those are my plans. I am bringing in Brayshaw um, and I am trading out Cowan and Jinby. I just, depending on how those other rookies go, my downgrade might change depending on if they, say for example, Pedler comes out and scores a 20 and he's actually not going to make any cash, then I might need to bank more cash for that. I hope that makes sense. Um... Trigger, those are literally my trades next week. I don't know if you're talking about mine or Bales or someone else's, but um, hopefully they work out for you. All right, what's another question here? Sinclair or Newman? I'm going Sinclair. I can't trust Newman. I know he went well, but with the boys back in the team um, being a Doherty and a Saad, I just don't think you can trust him. He has been good these last five games, um, but I don't think I can trust it moving forward. He's not exactly cheap at 826000 so... Um, Oi, Mills and Drury, yes, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it's um look, my the best scenario I think this week is that we see the roll and he scores like a nice hundred. Just a nice little hundred and um and then uh you know people sort of go, Oh, but I'm not sure and then we jump on and the next week he goes big. I think that's the ideal scenario. Uh with any luck he will probably just go huge this week and we'll all be jumping on. But I wanna make sure I have the cash for that scenario. Let's maybe do a couple more because I'm getting very sick of talking to myself. Uh, let me throw some more. Uh, coming from a Sydney supporter. Keep the scoring down. Low. Yeah, trigger. We're on the same wavelength there, mate. We're on the same wavelength. All right, let's have a look at some earlier questions. Um, oh, yes. No dad puns today. Shit, yeah, that's Luke's role. I don't have the dad puns, unfortunately, guys. Sorry for that. I'm just the uh, the stats guy. 
Um, let's have a look at some more questions. Jimmy to Steele and Cowan to Seamus Mitchell, I think. Okay, that's yeah, not too bad. Seamus Mitchell is an interesting one. I, w- I wish I went him instead of uh, Matt Roberts. Is it okay to loop Fergus Green and JVR at F6 if it means getting pasta for Hollands and Mills for McGrath? Um, I don't love the sound of it. I don't know if either of those guys are... Good enough to pop a big score. Maybe there's a little bit of hope with JVR going against the Suns. Who plays first, actually? If you can maybe loop JVR, I think, when do they play? They play 4.35 and Fergie plays at 7.30. So, potentially, you could have a look at that one and then decide after the Melbourne and Gold Coast game, but I don't think I'd be wanting to risk... Fergus on your ground. I think that could potentially... Look, he scored 18 last week. I don't think you want that on your ground. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be relying on that one if you need to make that decision before before the Gold Coast Suns game. Let's do one more. Oh, Dunks, a sneaky VC. Look, I've taken Dunks nearly out of my calculation for VC. Unless it's a super juicy matchup, his ceiling score of the year is 116. And he just... The Lions just don't look like they're really dominating. Look, he only got 102 against North Melbourne. If you can't go big against North Melbourne, then I don't know if you're going to fly at the ball boys, big boys. Um, GBC is just realizing that Brayshaw is cheap, mate. Yep, I'm onto it. I'm onto it. All right, last question. Um, trade Hollands over Jimby just to allow Wilmot to be looped with Miller Bergman and Chincotta with Jinby would be nice. I think, uh, for me, I'm trading out Jinby before Hollands. I think Hollands still has a bit of cash to make, and I think he's been very serviceable. Um, he looks further away th- from a sub than someone like uh, a Jinby. I think there's every chance that Jinby gets subbed this week. And for me, it's about downside protection. So he's a very popular player that people are still playing on their ground at the moment, and you know, on the off chance that he is subbed and you move off him, everyone else who has him on their ground could uh, could suffer a lot this week. So I'm just about protecting myself from that downside risk rather than necessarily the upside. So if you have the choice, I would trade out a Jimby who has more m- uh, money on his head anyway. So it won't change the premium you get up to. I would I would be trading Jimby out over a Hollands and run that through. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the, uh, the one-on-one uh, solo drinking session that is the uh, the live show on podcast. Sorry again for the uh, the technical difficulties at the beginning of the show, but I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in anyway. And uh, good luck with your trades this week. Uh, and hopefully the ball boys, big boys, get up once again. Oh, actually, before I sign off, I did want to share a stat that I calculated this week. I couldn't go through all the ball boys, big boys, but so far for my captains... I've been averaging 122 for the season for my captains. Now, I've conveniently done that stat after a 159 last week, but pretty happy with that so far. Now, I've obviously been following the Ball Boys, Big Boys, and my top-ranked player because they are literally my my players. So uh, if you've been following the same, fingers crossed that you've been successful so far with your captains as well. I know Luke was a bit dirty that he had the uh, Doherty one a few weeks ago, which... Uh, admittedly, I did have up there, so apologies if that one uh, fell your way as well. But apart from that, I think so far we've been pretty good on the ball boys and the captains this week. So I will take a 122 average when the highest averaging player in the game is not putting that up. So here's for another big one this week, guys. But thank you very much again, and we will catch you guys next time. Laters.
is not putting that up. So here's everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.